I'm Erica Lynn, and we all know the ocean is the most demanding environment on Earth, consistently testing the reliability and durability of our equipment. When you spend as much time fishing as I do, you know that reliable gear is essential for staying on the water. This is why I went with Abyss Battery to power my trolling motor, electronics, and outboard. The guys at Abyss Battery are rattling the saltwater industry by manufacturing performance marine batteries specifically designed for sonar, outboards, trolling motors, and electronic fishing reels. They're also Bluetooth compatible, so I found check battery statuses right on your phone while you're out on the water is a huge game changer. To learn more about why Abyss batteries are used by the pros and factory installed by Premier Boat Builders, visit abyssbattery.com. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. You dry? From the hurricane? Barely. Right? Yeah. I mean, that was kind of really the crappy weekend yeah. that we're coming mm-hmm. off of, right? Because of all the unexpected hurricane <laughs> crap that we had. and <laughs> You know, I was a non-believer uh, that this thing was going to do anything until uh, Sunday night. When I yeah. was like, oh, crap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is actually happening. You guys had it worse down there. Yeah. Like, by a long shot. Oh, yeah. And we were just on the edge of, like, getting, like, some hairy weather. Mm-hmm. But Miami really... I think Miami got it worse than the Keys, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, the Keys because sure. the eye was so big that once it hit the Keys, it was like, oh, nice weather. Yeah, it was a beautiful <laughs> night out. I'm like, I'm like texting my buddies down there, like, yeah, I see the stars. We're in the eye. This is great, you know. But yeah. it was a huge eye. Yeah, it was. It I don't think I've ever seen an eye that big. Yeah, I mean, you know, and and with it being a tropical storm, it didn't really bring you know much. Yeah, you know. So, but did I, it ever make it to a one? No. Well, that, you know, around here, it didn't. You know, that when it hit down in Central America, it was like a five or four. Yeah, down there, it was yeah. brutal. But up here, it, it made it to 65 knots, I think, or 70 knots, and then that was it. That's it? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So. And where is it? Is it, is it kind of, where is it? John, have you seen it this morning? It's in the Gulf. It's kind of heading southwest, and yeah. they're saying it's going to hook back up and go into the panhandle again. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. So they're getting another storm up there. I'm hoping the cool weather really... Keeps it cool. Yeah. And, you know, it doesn't do any more damage. This has got to be the end of it, right? And we're at the end of hurricane season. It's the end of there's November. There's one more. And, yeah. There's the, one more brewing down in the Caribbean. Yeah. It's going straight towards Cayman. Yeah, but isn't the water too cold right now? Nah, no, not still, down there. It's still warm? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. So. Yeah. 2020. 2020, bringing it. Worth its money. <laughs> That's for sure. So, yeah. all right, cool. Well, listen, we are here today on the Connected by Water podcast. Uh, presented by Joey Carty Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram with my good friend, Captain Ben Sharp. And it is our Veterans Day episode. And every Veterans Day so far, well, this is only our second Veterans Day episode. Right? This is only the second year of the podcast. But um, we're making it a tradition to bring on someone who has given their service for the United States military in some form or fashion. And you, my friend, served in the United States Navy. Hoorah. So thank you for your service and welcome to the show. Thank you guys for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, 
if there's two causes that we have on the show, like we don't really like get too deep into politics around here because I want this to be like a safety zone mm-hmm. and just like not talk about any of that crap. Um, but well, we, the causes that we do is clean water, right, and preserving Florida's natural resources and veterans. Right. Those are the, basically the two things that we generally try to spotlight, and anyone really doing good in the community, just in general. Right, right. Um, but um, so thanks for coming on. Um, how long ago did you serve in the Navy? I served from 2000 to 2006, um, straight in, straight out of high school. 2000 to 2006. Yes. And then did that bring you all over the world, or like, tell me some stuff about that? So um, I, I originally uh, joined when did the whole Great Lakes uh, in Illinois for boot camp. Went straight down to Biloxi, Mississippi, uh, for uh, I was a <laughs> believe it or not um, a weather observer. Oh, really? Yeah. So, oh, I went, so you're the right guy to bring on to talk about the hurricanes. <laughs> yeah, Perfect. Right. Yeah. So you know, I was a, a weather observer. I got all my my schooling down in um, Biloxi at Keesler Air Force Base, and then I got stationed on the USS Abraham Lincoln uh, for about four and a half years. Which that, that was pretty epic. I was actually on the ship when. What uh, kind of ship is that? It's an aircraft carrier. Is it really? It's the same one that uh, Bush came on. He was like, "War's over." Oh, that one. Yeah, and I was like, "Oh, it's over." And then no. Nah, <laughs> were you on? You were on the ship at that time. On the ship with with Bush when the whole mission yeah. accomplished thing. Yeah, kind of, kind of a, a funny, you know, well, sad, funny thing is that I was supposed to have. Um, they selected a group of sailors because I, I guess I, I was I was a pretty decent sailor when I was in. <coughs> you know? So they selected the group of us, you know, that was going to have a dinner with the president. And I, I pulled, like, an, uh, a night shift or something like that, or a day shift, I forgot. And I ended up falling asleep, and nobody woke me up. Come on. I swear. And then, and then I woke up, and I was pissed. Oh, no. I'm like, yo, like, why didn't anybody wake me up? And they're like, it's not my responsibility. I'm like, oh, you guys no. are a bunch of assholes. You know, not like, my can, responsibility? Can asshole in this? Yeah, you can say whatever you want. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they said, yeah, I'm, I was like, oh, all right, well, I'm going to only remember that for the rest of my life, you know? Oh, my goodness. So... But yeah, that was cool. Yeah, you know, I, I that that you know that 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 little part of my life. So uh, after that, um, I ended up going to Diego Garcia for a year, which that has to be one of the coolest places I've ever been. Diego it's, Garcia. Yeah, Diego Garcia, which is a tiny island in the middle of the Indian Ocean. It's about um, it's about I don't know, fifteen hundred miles south of of Mali, um, and and it, it, so it, it's a Bayat, which was the British uh, British Indian Ocean territory. So the Brits owned it. Before that, the people that live in, um, I'm trying to remember that, that little, uh, that country down south of there. Anyway, there like was a- Madagascar? A, yeah, no, not Madagascar. There's another one. Seychelles. Seychelles. Yeah. yeah. So there, there, there was an indigenous people which they got kicked out. They sent them over to the Seychelles, all right? Okay. And, um, and then the Brits were like, okay, this, this is our military base now. And it is so isolated that- the British in, Empire. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Just taking them over one at a <laughs> oh time. God. So um, there was a time during World War II uh, when they when they kind of freshly established it that the people on the base didn't know that they were at war. And, you know, this was like the um, I don't want to say late 30s or something. Mm-hmm. All right, and then an actual German U-boat pulled in there. They resupplied them and sent them on their way, but just because the they enemy? had no yeah the enemy and they had no idea there was a war going on. So wow, at least that's how it was described to me. You know, but. But after that, I ended up. Were they going, still had dial-up back then. They didn't have good communications. I mean, no, I'm just yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Te- telegraph. <laughs> Somebody sent a text. <laughs> Somebody sent, no one texted them. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but then after that, you know, I um, I, I got a chance to go back to to Jacksonville. That's why I, I where I out processed. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's that was the end of my military journey. Nice. Yeah. How was that? Li- how long did you live down there in the Indian Ocean? About just a year. 
a year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I got there four days after the tsunami. Really? Yeah. Talk about being fortunate. So I think the tsunami was on Christmas, if I remember right, in like yeah, 2004 it was, it was the or 2005. Holiday, yeah. yeah, I got there you know, four days after that. Four days after. So you overslept the president, <laughs> and, and you missed the most massive death and destruction moment in the history of all mankind by four days. Yeah. And maybe that balances out. Yeah, I'll take maybe it. It could have been four days earlier. would have been a lot worse. But. Amen. Wow. Wow. Cool, oh. man. So um, I want to spotlight one thing real quick before we get into because we want to talk about the dust them off okay. um, real quick because um, it's really a great tournament that you really brainchilded and invented and it's really, really good stuff. Um, but one thing I wanted to promise that I would give a promotion out um, to our good friends, Paul Robertson and Tiffany Tollison at the uh, Fishing for Muscular Dystrophy. Um, they have a raffle going on. They have it every year. Um, Fishing for MD is an incredible, incredible organization. And I got my notes here just to make sure that I got everything correct here. If you go to fishingformd.com slash 2020 FFMD raffle, there's 49 days left currently. Actually, by the time this aired, there's going to be about 45 days left um, to enter this raffle. Uh, they're giving away a tremor. A 2021 or a 2020 Ford F 250 Tremor, uh, 2021 Everglades 24 3 Bay Boat, mm-hmm. and a Beach Buggies Custom Easy Go RV Cart. All you got to do is enter them and buy a raffle ticket, but don't do it for the cart. Don't do it for the truck. Don't do it for the boat. Do it to help them out. It's an incredible cause. Um, they are doing great things um, for muscular dystrophy, and all the money goes to the kids, just so you know. Um, it does not go to fishing for MD, it does not profit at all. Whatever money they come out with on top of their books goes right to that organization. Um, so please support them. Another organization I want to bring up is the Mahogany Youth. Um, is it Foundation? Uh, Mah- Mahogany Youth LLC, actually. Right. Mahogany Youth yeah. LLC. And this yeah. is who we're spotlighting for the Dust em Off tournament. Correct. Correct. Right. But before we even go there, I just want to go back to you know, Fisher for... Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, please do. Man, you know, I... They, you make a lot of uh, friendships through, you know, through the docs and stuff, but I, I'm not sure I've ever met people as nice as They're as the best. Them. Yeah. I mean, every time you meet them, it's like, oh, man, nice to see you. You know, you, it makes you feel awesome. So whatever you guys can do, please, please, you know, go check that out. Support the cost. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, no, that, that's the thing. I mean, any, I always, I'll, and I say this to his face, and he just kind of like, you know, pushes me away, you know. I, he's, he's infectious. Yes. Paul Robertson is just one of the most infectious people like in, in a positive way that I've ever met my entire life. John can vouch for the same thing. Yep. Yep. He's been on the show twice, I think. Um, yeah. yeah. And then if you include the live one at Jimmy Johnson, that's three. Yes, yeah, that's, that's a good point. See, that's oh, why yeah. he that's gets, right. yeah, that's why he runs the show. Not me. <laughs> I just talk into the mic. <laughs> so, yeah, absolutely. No, amazing people support the cause, please. Um, and also, um, so Mahogany Youth Foundation, yes. right? This is who we're spotlighting in the Dust Em Off tournament, which we will get into the Dust Em Off tournament, but I want to lead off with the Mahogany Youth Foundation because a lot of times when we bring up the foundations and stuff, that's almost like an afterthought. I want to lead off with it, and I want it to be a focus. So. Awesome. Tell me about this organization. So so their their goal is basically to help uh, underprivileged youths, um, not only through uh, like making it a club atmosphere, also through cu- uh, curriculum because mm-hmm. they, they do have a little bit of a footprint in Miami-Dade schools, but... Just, you know, show them other options other than the status quo. You know, be like, hey, the, the outdoors is also an outlet uh, for, for whatever uh, energy you might have. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So we can spend it in a positive direction. Uh, 
Yeah, you know, me as a kid, um, I got introduced to them randomly, actually. I think it was either the Florida Sportsman when they used to have the uh, the Florida Sportsman shows at the different places. Mm -hmm. It was either there or the Day County for it. I don't remember, but they were just walking by. They had the shirts on. They had a brochure. They handed it to my mom, and my mom, my mom rocks, all right? Mm -hmm. She's a single parent. She made sure that I was able to do a lot of things that, you know, that was probably, you know, a little bit past her, but she'd be like, oh, okay, baby. You know, yeah, and yeah, she'll take me, yeah. and i just go, ah, you know, running around fishing and stuff. So... They, she Did she take you fishing when yeah. you were a kid? Oh, yeah. That's she took awesome. me fishing. She'd take me to the pier. She'd bring a book or I don't know what she'd be doing. But right. I'd be there like, just, ah, you know, just running around trying yeah. to catch fish. So, But I, I think, you know, that the part of her realized that, you know, the, the stuff that I was doing, the stuff I was getting into, I needed people around me that, that had a little bit more education in it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. that, can, that can, you know, quench that thirst for a little bit more higher learning when it came to fishing. And these guys came in. And, and, you know, they, they definitely uh, made an imprint in my life. Um, you know, I got a chance to do a couple trips with them. I did a trip to the Tortugas with them on the uh, Florida Fish Finder about, I don't know, this, I guess this had to be 25 years ago. Oh, God, mm -hmm. me. Really? Wow, that just hit me. But, yeah, <laughs> 25 years ago. It's crazy when that those, those numbers pop up like that, right? <laughs> yeah, man. So, you know, and, um, and, man, they have so many kids that they've, they've impacted, you know. That, that I'm pretty sure at some point, if they don't realize it now, they'll realize it at some point. Like, oh, man, you know, that, that was awesome. Mm -hmm. So, you know, um, you know, I just I, I thought it was a great way because I know they're kind of limited when it comes to um, exposure in the community just because, you know, you, they don't they're not necessarily in, in, in the scene that. That you know, I'm trying to not say it bad, but you know, the you scene can that say I'm whatever in, you want here. Yeah, you know, they're not. They're not in the the, the tournament scene. They're mm -hmm. not in the 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 kind the kind of higher profile fishing scenes that mm -hmm. you know, like say like people that blue marlin fish or sell fish right. or do this stuff. And I'm, I'm like, hey, you know what? Use me. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I, I have I have a pretty good you know group of friends. You know, I know a few people that that know a few things. You know, and and let's let's see what we can do. And and the littlest thing I could have did was try and benefit them in this tournament, um, you know, that, that I, that I put together and, and so far, um, I don't know a hard number. I probably should have did that research before I came in, but I think we're somewhere around $9,000, you know, mm -hmm. it, it ain't, it ain't a ton of money, right? but it's, it helps. Every yeah. bit helps every time. So nice. yeah, I just, I just try to make sure that everybody, I, I stay transparent and I let everybody know, Hey, this is what's going where mm -hmm. and, and mahogany to me is, is the most important of those. Nice. 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 So you were involved. I didn't realize that that you were involved with the organization. Yeah. Yeah. As a kid, I was, um, man, I had to be um, 13, probably 12, 13 around there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then uh, the, the only reason that I wasn't involved with, in it, like as as much as I would have liked to is because of distance. Right. It. it I, I grew up um, in that Sweetwater area. I went to Cole Park Senior High School and um, they they were kind of more in like that uh, Liberty City uh, area of, um, of Miami-Dade. And, you know, my mom, she worked two, three jobs, mm -hmm. you know, and it was like, all right, I get it, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I Just mean. Stay home. When we can make it, we make it. I think organizations like that are really, really important. Um, just And not just this one, but, you know, all organizations that take kids under their wing. And, um, you know, we experience, a lot of people experience that, I think, throughout the COVID. You know, we homeschool. Right, mm -hmm. we have for like three years. So this the COVID thing for us at home wasn't like a big deal. I mean, it mattered. You know what I mean? We felt the impact of it, but not like a lot of these other parents did, um, where they had to like they were forced to become teachers and they had to try to get back to work and make ends meet. I think that was really the toughest part of the whole thing. Mm -hmm. Was we realized that, you know, 
idle hands, the devil's playground, whatever they say, you know, the kids need to occupy their time in a positive way, right? Or else they're going to go off and do bad things. Right. That's just the, the nature of it. But, you know, in a lot of ways, school serves to be a daycare. It's not all about education all the time. You know what I mean? It's just a, honestly, like if we're being honest, it's a place for to keep your kids during the day so you can go to work. <laughs> That's true. You know what I mean? So like for someone like your mother who's got to work around the clock, having a place like this for you to go to and explore your world in a positive way, it, it's priceless. Yes. Um, so if anybody has the wherewithal to be able to support this organization, um, you know, please do so. Hundred percent, right? Hundred percent. So, I mean, if there's one other thing I want to say, um, you know, not, not I, I feel it's unfair that I don't pay homage to a lot of the other people in my life that that have made you know footprints. You know, what mm-hmm. I mean, because God, there's been a lot of people, and I'm not going to even try and name them all because I want to piss somebody off because I forget them. Yeah, that's but, always tough. Yeah, but I mean, you know, mahogany is huge, but there, there's definitely been a lot of people in my life that that I just I just have to be like, look, thank you guys. Mm-hmm. I really appreciate it. You know. So yeah, you don't want to name him. <laughs> I'm not gonna do it, man. <laughs> I just turned it's gonna be like that man. one dude that's gonna be like, man, you didn't mention my name. <laughs> yeah, man, this ain't cool. <laughs> so yeah, right on, man. So dust them off. Yes. All right. So this is a tournament that I think you saw a unique opportunity to say, hey, sales are biting a little bit earlier than the first tournament generally starts. And, you know, let's have a tournament to where everyone kind of like freshen up their skills and, you know, dust them off. Mm-hmm. Right. So take me through a little bit of your head um, in starting this. So like, like, like all good tournaments, it, this one started in the bar. All right. Okay. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Um, we were sitting down. Uh, I, I'm, I remember it. We were over at Monty's in the Grove, man. And, and the guy's like, yeah, there should be a tournament. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you're right. You know, yeah. You know, and then we lay. I, there was like, Ben, do it. <laughs> well, no, everybody's like, oh, yeah, yeah, we'll help. We'll help. You know what I mean? And then, then crickets, you know? Right. <laughs> so, but, you know, um, it was definitely bar talk. You know, like, mm-hmm. let's have a low cost affordable. Let's go back to what tournaments used to be, you know, something for everybody. Which, you know, which is something that we aim for. Um, and in 20, uh, I think it was 2014, which was the first year, we, uh, we had Sports Grill as our sponsor. That's where mm-hmm. we had our captain's party and our um, and the awards. And we had 18 boats the first year, which I, I think for our first year, I was like, yeah, oh, no, it's good. shit. That's good <laughs> All for right. Yeah. You know, this is a win. So, you know, we, we did it that, uh, that year. And I remember the free spool actually won it that, that first year. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, it that's where it got its legs, all right, as as just a small tournament, minimum Calcutta's, you know, you know, guys that just have a good time and, and celebrate what the outdoors is, is, which is just for the experience as opposed for the cash that you can make. You know, um, over the years, it evolved. Um, you know, I wouldn't say a whole lot because I still think, excuse me, I still think it's uh, a you know relatively affordable tournament, mm-hmm. yeah. You know, um, but it evolved to add a couple more calcutas just because you know you have those guys that won't get off the couch unless there's a reason. So right. you have yeah, the option, especially with, with putting up a selfish bread for a tournament. A lot of a lot of guys aren't going to come out unless there's some something in it for them. Right. Yeah. Right. So yeah, I mean, but you, you we left the option for the, the smaller guys with the entry. You know, keep it keep it low. Just so everybody can, um, you know, everybody can participate. But if it, depending on how deep you want to go, you can go how deep you want to. Mm-hmm. You know, so we added a couple of calcas to make it look nice. And then I remember the first year that we have our current um, uh, format, um, which w- I think was the the highest we paid out, which was to Utopia. It was like forty one k, 
And, you know, for, wow. yeah, for me, I was like, oh, wow. You know, like we actually made that much money. Not made, but, you know, they like rolls that right, much yeah, money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Process through. That's good. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's evolved a lot. You know, um, another group that's part of it that, um, that I'm appreciative to just, just being a vet is Operation Wet Vet. Mm-hmm. But Ozzy, he was he was um, one of the originals that were that that um, we had in it, and actually we had a, a perpetual number seven. Mm-hmm. Um, entry seven was always for wet vet. Oh, really? Yeah. Nice. So, so you know, if he wanted to fish, he could. If he didn't, the spot mm-hmm. was still there. Yeah. Yeah. Very so. cool. Very cool. I mean, it's a great tournament. I know. I mean, with connected by water, we always say it's, it's all about the aquatic community, right? And, mm-hmm. you know, and this is definitely a tournament that is like that it's all about the community coming together and like making a show out of it and i know a lot of guys really look forward to this tournament every year especially with it being the first one mm-hmm. it's named appropriately you know <laughs> dust them off and um you know and, and you know this year it seems to have elevated like even more i know you got some help now yeah I got uh, with courtney. like courtney and shelby uh yeah courtney yeah, bowden shelby's right. helping and yeah. we're working with them and and they do an outstanding job we can't say enough about how great a job that they've been doing with the tournament this year so we're really impressed with um with everything that they've been doing yeah so kudos to them yeah they deserve it definitely yeah, for sure so, i mean you know for for me the reason i had to kind of step back a hair from mm-hmm. it is because of new employment and I just, uh, you know, like, there, there was a moment there I didn't think it was going to go on until until um, Courtney stepped up and was like, hey, Ben, you know what I mean? More than anything, she wanted to go on just because she knew that that we had, you know, it was more of a fundraiser for Mahogany Youth during mm-hmm. it. So she was like, I can't I can't let that fall to the wayside. Right. So that's why she, you know, she pushed it. So, yeah, you know, there, there are things we're doing to make sure that Mahogany definitely, you know, benefits mm-hmm. from the tournament still. Very cool. Very cool. So um, the tournament got delayed. Yes. <laughs> because, because of Ada, yeah. the tournament. Ate yeah. it up. But, ate it up, man. Um, so now we push that back to, what, December December 2nd, 2nd through the 5th. So uh, a couple things. Um, well, actually, one added thing is that we have our friends over at um, Hughes, Bob Hughes Boats. Mm-hmm. They're going to sponsor our uh, captain's meeting for South. So we're going to have a captain's meeting at Bob Hughes Boats okay. on the 2nd. And on the 3rd, we'll have a captain's meeting over at... Um, Viking Service Center, which has is long term from square one, has been there. Right, one of our, our great yep. um, um, sponsors. So, um, yeah, and um, it's not too to late to enter at this point. Though, it is right? not too late. The more the merrier. Now Come that we're on. delayed, we can get more people in the tournament. And yeah, and then also I know there is a there is a couple scheduling conflicts, but we're flexible. Um, our 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 lines ends at eight. Lines outside four. So if you're fishing another tournament that coincides, as long as the lines in is after is at eight or after, mm-hmm. and the lines out, you know, is at four, you're more than welcome to fish our tournament and any other tournament at the same time. That's cool. Yeah. So I don't know how other tournaments are going to feel about that. And right. I, frankly, I don't necessarily care. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? But where we stand, you're allowed to. Mm-hmm. And um, the way we're doing it is um, we're doing a mobile, uh, not mobile, but um, you can turn in your um, your uh, your videos through the app, which we're using. Um, not catch them. I'm sorry, love you, buddy. But um, <laughs> man, was it, what the app that? Yeah, the app. It's a like uh, captain app. Isn't it? Um, yeah, man. Oh man, my first mistake of the day. That's fine. <laughs> what, what's the website? Uh, is it on the site? Yeah, it's on the site. It's on the uh, dustemoffselfish.com. So. Dustinoffsailfish.com. Yeah, and okay. you'll you'll see um, the 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 app that we're using for it. So. Okay, cool. So go on dustemoffsailfish.com and enter the tournament. 
mm-hmm. um, because it's not too late. It's definitely not yeah. too late. Um, yeah, and right now we're still running at the... Um, last year, I'm not going to even say that because I'm not sure. I got to speak the corner before I say that about uh, entry prices. But okay. if there's any difference in anything, we'll definitely post it because our, our primary way of communicating is through social media. All right, mm-hmm. so if there's any any kind of update, you know, we'll we'll definitely post it. Okay, which what's at at what? Um, the dust them off. Just another dust them off. Selfish. Just at dust them off. Selfish. Yeah. All right. Cool. Cool. Go there. Fish that tournament. Um, win a lot of money. Get a lot of high fives. You got COVID restrictions in place and everything for the captains' tournaments. Or yeah. <coughs> Excuse me, but yeah, we um. Well, one we're we're limiting the the um the the actual captains uh, awards meeting. So mm-hmm. it, the awards meeting is going to be virtual. Okay. All right, we're going to try and keep uh, attendance kind of minimal for our captains meeting, more mm-hmm. so, or maybe captain owner, or you know maybe just a select few. You know, make sure that we have masks on. We'll make sure we have tons of uh, hand sanitizers and stuff like that, okay. just to make sure everybody can stay safe. Cool. I can't wait till this stuff's over. Me too, man. Gosh. Oh, man. It's just, <clears throat> it's just so strange, John. Isn't it? The COVID stuff. Like, just having to wear the mask and, you know. Yeah. You know, it ha- is. I understand why we're doing it, but. Yeah. I mean, it, it's just, it's just, I don't know. It's strange. You don't want to know what else is strange? Our strange questions that we have. Uh, here they come. <laughs> I always like to segue. You were again. He's looking at me like, "Yeah, it's strange. What's the problem?" <laughs> All right. So, um, this is our strange question segment. All right. Which we recently started about a month ago, uh, where we have people write in strange questions to ask you, our guest, on the show, something strange, and you have to answer it. And at the end, you're gonna pick the strangest question there, the question that you like the best, and we'll send them a T-shirt. All right, perfect. So, all right, cool. So I got one here from Will Kelleher from the Miss Michelle Fishing Team, and he says, is it good luck to hang out with Ben Sharp the night before a tournament? It did so before the big dog fat cat last year and had a great finish, and we'll have to test it again this year. So do you think it's good luck to hang out with you during before a tournament. Man, I think it depends on if it's rum or, t- or vodka. Mm-hmm. We have rum here now. You want, do you want rum? We have pl- Pilar rum. You- ah, let's do a splash, a do squig. A splash. Right, like right, my right. uncle would call a so squig. I think with the, with the strange question segment, it's appropriate to, yes. to drink rum. And we're going to leave this one. I have this um, from George Paul Roma because I, I always have the toughest time getting these bottles open because they're so secure. So <laughs> this bottle here is with his instructions on how to, open <laughs> it. How, to, how to open it. <laughs> Talking up, George. What did you do yeah. to him? Yeah, he never says anything nice about you, man. No, he he, he <laughs> likes to he likes to uh he likes to have fun with uh little old me. There's some rum for you. Oh holy <laughs> some. I know those are big cups and everything, but geez. I know, we gotta get better cups. <laughs> Last minute on the fly kind of <laughs> definitely caffeinated it says here you go. Cheers. Cheers, and, brother. And um, thank you for your service. Thank you for having So let's not forget, this is the Veterans Day episode. So um, so good luck to hang out with you before a tournament or what? Man, I hope. I hope it's good luck to we hang out with myself, man. <laughs> you know, I need to win one one of these days. Yeah. So. Well, I got I got on good authority that you're the best on the water. So <laughs> um, somebody told me that recently. <laughs> um, so, all right. So, uh, Will, um, I think uh, I think it's good luck to hang out with Ben the night before a tournament. So that's a good question. Um, and 
especially if he did well. Sort yeah. of then you kind of got to go with that, right? Yeah, man. Yeah. Them guys are awesome, though. They they, the they they have enough uh, mojo on their own. They don't need me. Mm-hmm. All right. Next question is from our good buddy. Ooh. Mm-hmm. That's rum in the morning for that you guy, right there. Ooh, isn't it? He's <laughs> out. Johnny one. I'm well, all right. He's good. Too early for me. Who's a good guy? Yeah, there's uh, <laughs> well, like they say with Papa's Pilar here, they're uh, we're never a spectator, so we're putting our money where our mouth is here. <laughs> That's the truth. Golly. All right. Um our good buddy Mike Lambricks from the CCA Brower chapter, Mr. President over there. Presidente. Um Asks, in your travels throughout the Bahamas and U.S. waters, what is your best sailboater story? I feel like everyone has seen them do something crazy at some point. Any issues with sailboaters? So, my best story, so, since I'm married, I can't talk about. <laughs> what? <laughs> but. Oh, oh, oh. oh. It's probably like this. I don't know why it is. Uh, I don't know why it is. Well. When I was younger, and when I say in my, my mid to late 20s, all the, the older um, 30, early 40-year-old sailboat chicks, I always thought it was like exotic or something. I don't know what it was, man. <laughs> yeah? It was like, I always got... Hey, pretty lady. <laughs> I know. I go out there with my Carrie Chen accent. <laughs> so, but no, um, man, you know, other than the normal, you know, sailboaters cutting you off all over the place, yeah. I don't have anything epic. Yeah, you know, that one, I can tell. Them come through their self, your selfish spread. We've had that oh, happen before. Okay, well, yeah, yeah. There we had those. Yeah, I, I remember. I've seen one. Um, that you know, he, everyone's like, "What are you doing?" And they're like, "Hi." Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, last year when I was on the Daisy, we had a great one. Apparently, they had some regatta that they were going from Miami to to, to Key West. Mm-hmm. They literally there was like I don't know, call me an idiot, but like four of these guys blasted through our like our flatline spread. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? They just wiped out the whole flatline spread. I mean, so I could have moved, but you know we were on fish, and I was like, no, nah, yeah, yeah, move. You know, and, yeah. You should have to move. You're established. <laughs> I was like, we got a big sail on right now. <laughs> <laughs> it would be a big sail. <laughs> All right, there you go, Mike. There's your sailboarder story. Um, another good friend of the studio. And good friend of yours as well. Um, I think all these people are good friends of yours, to be honest with you. Um, Greg Gawalikowski from Endless Imagery asks, what's the strangest pre-tournament ritual you have? What's the strange, basically the strangest thing you've done or participated in the night before? Oh, God. So, um... So there, there was a point in time in my life, you know, especially when I, uh, when I used to fish a lot more out of Miami, that we we love the guys from the Rockstar. Mm-hmm. And every night, they a couple of those guys would go do something that I will never do again. But we decided, hey, you know what? It, it helps them out, so let's, let you know, we should do it. So we literally, at 2 a.m. in the morning, woke up and met these guys in the strip club. All right. And we stayed there till four, went straight to the boat, and literally had the worst day of fishing I've ever had in my life. You think? Oh, yeah, man. I, I literally <laughs> was like, uh, I remember at, at some point, um, I, this is when I was, well, Ryan Alexander was on the boat. I was like, Ryan, drive so, the boat. I just laid down so wait, took a nap. So wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Time out. <laughs> so you're the night before a tournament. You wake up at 2 a.m.? Mm-hmm. And you go to, like, Tootsie's? Um, what, uh, um, Scarlet's BT's 
BT's in um in Coconut Grove. Not Grove in South Miami, I'm sorry. And you're getting lap dances until about three thirty, four. And you're gonna go fishing all day yeah, the next I'm day. Fishing. I'm How like, old were you? The, the, the me, I don't know. I had to be about thirty. Wow. Yeah, this is almost ten years ago. My it might have been thirty. So this works actually. for Rockstar though. It worked for them back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, keep giving the shots, more Jaeger. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> and and I mean, apparently they they caught fish. They won a lot of tournaments. And I was like, you know what? Let's try that one time. Never yeah, tried well, it again. <laughs> like, <nah. laughs> I have to say, I wasn't expecting that answer. <laughs> what do you think, Johnny? You ever done that? No. No? no. Yeah, me neither. It was fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd imagine you had a great tournament. Mm-hmm. Or you, you had a great, um, great night before the tournament. But, wow, that's awesome. All right, so next question. Thanks, Greg. Next question. Comes from our good friend, Captain John Van Dellen of the Singularis. (laughs) And he wanted me to ask you, and I actually got this question over the phone when I was talking to him two days ago. And he wants me to ask you, what is the proper speed in which one should eat a meal? Because he claims that you are the slowest eater in the world. <laughs> and he also wants to say thank you for your great service to our country. Nah, first off, John, I love you, brother. Second off, what happens is when you actually breathe and eat, you mm-hmm. kind of like slow down. Unlike him, he just, just sees like breathing <laughs> is an option. Let me just plow this down because everybody else on this table is going to try and take my meal. <laughs> yeah, nah. <laughs> I could see that argument. I, I could definitely see that argument. So you know what's funny about that is when I met my wife. Because when he came in, he I mean cut you up. When he came in, right? So this is for those for those of you listening audio, you can't see this, but you probably already know if anyone's listening to the show that we have a signed bottle of the Vouv oh. right here by from Captain John because when he came in, he brings in like two bottles of champagne. And, like, a whole box of Jupiter Donuts oh, wow. like for, for, for everyone to eat on the show. And I'm like, man, this guy's bringing the thunder. So I, I, I your argument holds water. <laughs> well, I kind of feel bad because I didn't bring crap. That's okay. We got plenty of crap here. <laughs> so you're telling me about your, what, what, with, the, with the wife. You're yeah, she, she um, at first she used to be like, what's wrong with you? I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, you eat like somebody's trying to steal your food. <laughs> and so then she domesticated me, you know what I mean? Yeah. I was like, all right, well, I guess I need to breathe now. Yeah. And I started breathing, and it's amazing. <laughs> now I'm like the last person. Yeah, my wife does did the same thing to me, where she's like, you need to slow down. <laughs> this is not good. Yeah. Yeah. So All right. <laughs> chewing, funny, chewing is an option. It, it is an option. Yeah. <laughs> I'm always the last. I, thought, I always thought that was a really funny question, because I'm always the last at the table, too. Eating, yeah. Slow I enjoy down. it. And, and I'm a food mixer, too. Like, like I love, like, breakfast. I'm, mm-hmm. I'll mix my grits, my eggs, and my bacon together. Mm-hmm. And literally, by the time I finish mixing it, John's done. Right. And he's <laughs> like, yo, come on, let's go. We got to eat. I'm like, bro, I just, I, I'm still, like, mixing my food. Give me a second, all right? <laughs> nice. He's, uh, John was the one who told me, by the way, none better on the water than Ben Sharp. Wow. All right, well. Yeah. That, I appreciate that's respect him. there. I appreciate from, from that, the, man. Yeah, so, yeah. and he was adamant about that when he said that to me. He's like, that's that's the truth. Wow. Thanks, brother. Yep. So um, we got one, our next question here from uh, Bernie Perez. Oh, all right. From our good friend Bernie from Sea Hunter Boats. Yes. Um, would you ever, since it, he, he wanted this to be a Veterans Day appropriate, 
okay. um, question. So he said, would you ever set up a kite spread off of a Navy ship? And if so, what do you think your release numbers would be at the end of the day? <laughs> so, it's better to say appropriate. Hey, why the hell not, right? Right, why the hell not? <laughs> yeah. How do you think you do? Where? So where would you do that off the... Is there like a poop deck or whatever? Yeah, they do. They got the aft deck, you know what I mean? Just... Uh, you know what? Hell, if it was on the aircraft carrier, I'd definitely have to do it from the top deck. From the though. top? Yeah, because yeah. you got no wind downstairs, you know? Yeah. So, but... That's true. That's true. You'd need the wind up top. Unless, yeah. you know what I mean? Because I, I used to launch weather balloons off of it. You know, we got plenty of heat. You know, just mm -hmm. go from there and then, boop, let it go. Yeah. I, I think, I think our, um, our ratio would be really crappy. Yeah, yeah, it'll be, be tough to bring that in the 300 feet. Be pretty tough. I'd be like, I only 30 more feet. <laughs> you know? yeah, call the flybridge, like flybridge, back down, please. Yeah, you have to bring the aircraft carrier just in off the reef. I don't know if that'd fly too well. I know, right? You know, everybody on the on the edge would be pissed at us. Mm -hmm. So, but you know, it's, what, what's cool though is um, when we used to stop in all the ports, um, we used to fish off the off the boat. They oh, you did, yeah. They open up the smoke deck or something like that, you know, and they let us all fish, you know, and 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 um, I was really tight with the uh, the ship's uh, master chef, which is the highest uh, enlisted um, uh, cook on the boat. Mm -hmm. And he used to always let me have a freezer where I can throw stuff. So, the, just to to kind of um, to 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 delve into that rabbit hole, what I used to do is I would set up trips for every single port that the ship would go into. Mm -hmm. All right, so you know I had us going fishing in um, Singapore, in Australia. Um, Hawaii, you know, all over the, you know, wherever we could. Okay. And, and a lot of people knew that's what I did. And, and the ship's uh, mm -hmm. cook, he, he was all in on those. So that's why we, we made that relationship. So whenever we catch fish, kill it, he's like, Hey, I have a freezer just for you guys, just for us. So where we can throw all this fish in and, and dude, that's boom. sweet. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was a giant walk-in freezer too. So nice. yeah. So we all, all I don't eat fish, but mm -hmm. I learned how to cook it from him. And they have these these giant meals, you know what I mean, where it would be just kind of like our little clique of guys, which which is is rare when you can kind of like go off hours and you'll have like an enlisted and um and officers and stuff like that where you have kind of a zero like, okay, military bearing is, is you know, once you enter this door, we're all boys. You know what I mean? And then once you leave, you know, obviously it goes back to that. So, you know, those dinners, they, they, they make the fish for them. They get me some chicken. Uh -huh. <laughs> you know what I mean? And and it was awesome, really, really awesome. See, man, I love hearing that because that is what Connected by Water is all about, right? When it's it's that common bond of when the water, being out in the water or fishing or whatever it is, kind of everything else goes away. Yep. And it's just you guys together collectively. And we always talk about that till, till we're blue in the face about that kind of mysterious thing that happens when you fish with someone and you, you have that memory forever and it's just different than any other experience, different than partying with a guy one night. And mm -hmm. Like if you, see, if you see a guy like five years down the road and be like, yeah, man, I mean, we went fishing that one time. Oh, yep. You know what I mean? And you take that with you like forever and there's like a primal experience around it too. So the fact that you guys were able to like take the stars and stripes off uh, yep. uh, you know of like the bars and the stars not the stars and stripes but right. you know what i mean yeah like the the military ranks and just be like all right that ends at the door we're fishing right 100% that's great man yeah i love hearing so, that and and you know the, the cool part about it is like we never nobody ever like took advantage of it you mm -hmm. know what i mean it was it was always um 
Yeah, I mean, when we were there, you know, yeah, we, we participated in dinners, but it wasn't like, hey, hey, chief, can can I get some more food? You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, or whatever, yeah. you know what I mean? Right. It was just like we respected the bounce just because we didn't, you know, we knew, you know, it was kind of a special thing. Mm-hmm. It, it wasn't normal, you know? And, um, and yeah, you know what I mean? One of those people I is one of my best friends to this day. He lives in Idaho. I go to Idaho. Um, I try to go yearly. I haven't gone in the last two years, mm-hmm. but it's, it's my favorite place on earth. Really? And, yeah. And I go there because the family there is, is literally like they, they are family to mm-hmm. me too. And, and, and it all started really because of some of those experiences, you know? Yeah. That's great, man. Yeah. yeah you got to keep tight with those guys, man. You, you know, that people a lot of times take that for granted and think that that's the rest of your life. And sometimes those guys are few and far between. Yeah. You know, very much. And so. it's, it's good that you kind of keep, keep tight with them and keep up with that. I'm also impressed too, that you did get proactive and, still kept fishing throughout all your military years and you know did that too so yeah so you fished off the boat off the big mm-hmm. boat or is this like when you guys were like getting leave off land or whatever yeah you know um the, the way it worked is uh whenever you go in the foreign ports not not like in in your home port but foreign ports like uh the, the places i remember doing it oh i already said and then also victoria and, and places like that and um Literally, these people, you know, they you can go on 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 shore, mm-hmm. or you can stay on the boat. Yeah. And if I stay on the boat, you know, I I I go fish the MWR, which was a morale morale welfare and recreation. They were rent out um, uh, fishing poles. Mm-hmm. You just take what you had, use what you had. You know, it was never anything amazing. You know what I mean? But you just go there and you fish. You know, sit there catching the, in in um, Victoria. I remember catching salmon. Mm-hmm. Australia catching a bunch of freaking really? stingrays and sharks and stuff like that. Yeah, nice. So I remember them seeing them catch cobias in Bahrain. <laughs> it's, it's cool stuff. In Bahrain? Yeah, really. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah. Wow. So all right, that that's so there you go. That that answers Bernie's question. Right? <laughs> yeah. So we got one last question oh, for a strange is. question. All right. So and nothing for nothing, but he asks a question every time for the strange question segment and if i don't ask his if i don't ask his question then i'll never hear the end of it yeah. right so i have to ask his question so jumbo mm-hmm. is just the jump we'll call it the jumbo question <laughs> so this this week's strange question jumbo question is how much have you learned from jumbo so, <laughs> so you, don't, you don't have to answer that. We, know, we, know, we know the answer is nothing i so. love you brother <laughs> So that's that's our strange question. So you got to pick a winner. So we got Wills, the good luck before for Ben Sharp. We got Mike's. We got the sailboater question. Greg's Greg's pre-tournament ritual question was good. Captain John's eating question. Bernie's kite question off the Navy ship. And um, Jumbo's not in the running. <laughs> I'm going for Greg. That was Greg, a good one. There you go. Greg's. Greg, you... Uh, you got you got Ben Sharp to talk about strippers, so you, yeah, you're, you're the winner. Definitely, probably got my wife. She's <laughs> yeah. listening. Yeah, you also exactly. You also got Ben in trouble. So, all right, cool, very cool. That's our strange question segment. Greg, you are the winner of a fancy spancy uh, connected by water shirt. So we'll get that to you your way. So cool, man. So. You get to dust them off. Mm-hmm. You're captain of the 68 foot Viking. Yes, sir. Right. How do you like that boat? Yeah, love it. Yeah, they, I think they hit a home run with this uh, 68, mm-hmm. the, the new hull of the 68. Um, it's just a much drier boat than um, boats in its uh, in its uh, size. You know, mm-hmm. 
And, um, yeah, I mean, has the speed and, and the amenities. I think it's a great boat so far for us. Yeah, that's yeah, nice. I mean, obviously, you know, you, you have your, your – you always have your conversation about uh, custom boats, you know, when production. it comes to production and stuff like that. And there's your obvious, uh, you know, advantages to custom, and then there's, you know, your obvious advantages to uh, production, which to me I think is more uh, living space-wise, you know. But I, I, I enjoy this boat, you know. I, mm-hmm. I enjoyed – I, I've actually I can say I've enjoyed almost every boat I've been on. Yeah, you know I mean, right. but this one right here I think was definitely a leap in quality. Yeah, you know, compared to all the other boats. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, we've been doing some um, work with HMY recently, mm-hmm. and um, they're raving about the new Fifty Four too. Yeah. That that just came out too is really nice boat. Yeah, so. congratulations to them on that too. Yeah, you know, with that uh, best in show. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful boat. It is. Yeah, for it sure. Is. And they got their team HMY fishing on that too. So okay, cool. Yeah, and we just got done designing all that all their shirts for that. Which we're happy with that package the way yeah. it all came out. So very cool. I hope they uh, get a chance to fish to dust them off December second through the fifth. <laughs> oh yeah, we're gonna plant that seed. I'll plant that seed with them too. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the things that I wanted to talk to you about on the show was just the reason I wanted to talk to you about this on the show is because I don't get to talk to too many people about this because I can't for life me find another jazz fan. <laughs> out there that I can really talk All right. like jazz with, right? Because, yeah, let's do it. Uh, I worked in the music business um, for years. Okay. Like before opening up the studio um, full-time. We opened up the studio full-time, what, like seven, eight years ago. And um, But before that, I mean, I always painted fish my entire life. I never stopped. It's always been my passion. Mm-hmm. always kind of did it outside of my job and everything like that. And then we had the opportunity to quit the day job and open the stu- studio we did. But before that, I worked in the music industry. And, you know, we worked in product distribution, CDs, DVDs, Blu-rays, and all that stuff. So I would, oh, we would always get promos, 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 mm-hmm. promos. So there was the promo bin. And like every Friday, you know, every Tuesday is new release day. So everyone would kind of, you know, send out all the sales. People would send out all the promos to all their stores and customers and to promotion. And whatever didn't get sent out, there was a bin that got put in every department like the little promo thing. So I'd go, everyone would always go to the promo. No one would yeah. ever take the jazz. Right? So, but I would eat it up. I'm like, this is great stuff, right? Because yeah. I, I always love jazz music. So take me through your love for jazz. I mean, how did you get started listening to jazz? That's My, how I got started listening to jazz. Okay, so I, I, I remember vividly. I, w- I was in fourth grade, okay? And um, it, w- it was just before, um, I think we it was our first CD player, actually, in the oh, house. Really? Yeah, and... Um, my mom, she had she had three CDs in there. She had a Tower of Power CD. Tower um, of Power? Yeah. She had a Bonnie Raitt CD. Let's give them something to talk about. Uh-huh. And she had this uh, Quartet West, Charlie Hayden. And for some reason, I got Charlie this. Charlie Hayden. Yeah. yeah, that's great. So, so, which is, so Charlie Hayden um, is, is my roots. Like, that's where I first started, fell in love with jazz. Okay. Um, so quick little tidbit about Charlie Hayden. His daughter is married to Jack Black. Did you know that? No, I didn't know that. Yeah. Really? Yes. So, you know, just the stupid jazz <laughs> stuff I know. <laughs> so, yeah, Charlie, Charlie Hayden's Quartet West, which, um, you know, they had uh, uh, Dean Brown bent in it on piano. Um, it, they had uh, Charlie Hayden on bass. Uh, I can't remember the name of the bassist player, but the uh, jazz, um, the saxophone was Ernie Watts. And, man, I, I fell in love with Ernie Watts. So, mm-hmm. so then, out of nowhere, on TV, for some reason, they had this PBS special called the GRP Big Band. And I remember recording it. And then, and then, you know, I think for a year it hid. And then one day I was just going through all the old VHSs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, um, I mean, like, I'm like seven. 
and then uh, not I'm in I'm in seventh grade, and then I came I came up with that and and it reignited it again, right? And, and then from then on, it was just it's it's been a fire that I can't go without listening to jazz a day. You know yeah, I mean it's infectious. You know, it I, really is infectious, and I think that if the, the the coolest thing about jazz is if you're listening to good jazz, mm-hmm. it's it's really an acquired taste. Right. Because at first, and I tried to like, and I did this with my wife, and at first she didn't really kind of get it. And then after I, I just kind of just kept playing it for her when she was around. And then she's at one point stopped. She's like, I see what you're talking about yeah. with how you just, it's an acquired, because you start hearing everything that's underneath it. Mm-hmm. And you start hearing that process that's underneath it. And that to me is what it's all about, because jazz to me, that's the first American art form that yeah. America can claim. Right. To the world. Right. hundred percent. That we constructed, that we presented to the world. Yeah. You know. So I think I think the easiest way, if you're if you're somebody that you're like, oh, I just don't understand what they're talking about. I don't get it. Mm-hmm. Picture jazz as a conversation. Okay. It's a conversation from instrument to instrument. All right. Usually your bass player and your drummer are talking. I mean, mm-hmm. when you have a an amazing bass player and an amazing drummer, mm-hmm. everything else is easy. Like I'm just talking from playing aspects. I mm-hmm. play um what do you play? I play trombone. But oh, you do? I, yeah, I did. I, I haven't played in a oh, while, but we got harmonicas in here. We got cigar box guitars. We got we oh, play. Sure. We, we have real good Fridays in the really? studio. Yeah, we jam out. Oh, We're not shit. good. <laughs> but we play. We do it. That's what it's all about, yeah. man. It, you know. But um, sorry, I cut you. No, off. no, you're good. So, but the, the but the conversation is is what it's really about. All right, these guys are able to communicate without words. You know. Right. It's a conversation isn't necessarily with words, you know, and, and that, that's the thing that I really, when, when I got older and appreciated jazz a lot more, just listening to the conversation is what got my, that, that got my soul going, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, listen, all right, the saxophonist or the drummer or whatever, the, the, the wind, whoever's playing wins, he just played this. Oh, did you hear what that drummer just did? Mm-hmm. You know, like he heard him, you know what I mean? And then, oh, the piano player, you know, you hear how he's like, like what he's doing underneath what he's doing, you know? And then just when the whole conversation goes, it's like it's like a Sunday in church. It's awesome. Yeah. I love when about jazz how there's somewhat of a construct to it, but there's freedom. Yes. In there to elaborate. There is. You know, and, and I really that's that's what I love most about it. I think is that it really, from an artistry standpoint, that's what makes it, you know, so pure. Well, that that freedom is what separates it from classical music. Correct. Because right? in classical, it's very strict. Like this is mm-hmm. how it's supposed to be. All right. Yep. Oh my God, you play forte. It has to be perfect. Supposed to be and, piano. You know? Yep. Yep. <laughs> so yeah. absolutely. And I think also understanding the history behind jazz, right, um, is essential. Right. Like it because if that's really when you like you get like the marrow from the bone is when you really understand the history behind it. Because mm-hmm. um, I've done a lot of studying on especially the dynamic between John Coltrane and Miles Davis. <sighs> And which is heavy, heavyweights, right there. Yeah, and um, and understanding uh, historically speaking, you know, the best thing that Miles Davis ever did for John Coltrane was fire him. Yes, you know, as, his, as his wake up call, and thank God he responded to that the right way. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, you're you're talking about two guys that transformed the landscape. Basically, took everything that that Charlie Parker did and just evolved it. Yeah, you know, as just. You know, when John Coltrane created the Love Supreme, oh. I think we really peaked, yeah. like at that at that point of you know perfection. 
yeah. in jazz. And then kind of blue with the Miles Davis thing is, you know, also, you know, a version of perfection, but you know, it's, it's just really understanding that and the dynamic between Thelonious Monk. Yes. Oh, that's Coltrane funny. You and Miles Davis. Yeah. And yeah. Monk is really the glue. I yeah. think. I you think so I mean? too. Cause, cause nobody was ever able to make dissonance into beauty like mm-hmm. Monk. Right. And Monk would, would, he'd add dissonance into what he played and, and that dissonance, it fit. And, mm-hmm. it, and, and people were like, oh, man, this is blowing my mind. You yeah. know, like th- this guy's playing dissonance and it sounds good. Yeah. So I, there was, there, I read the, the John Coltrane book and John Coltrane was talking about just sitting there and just staring at Monk play for eight hours in a row. Mm-hmm. Like being like, this guy's out of his mind. Yeah. But he said he, he learned more. Oh, Monk and talked those. a lot of sense into him, too. Yeah. During his time. Yeah. You know they all mean? had it, that time back yeah, then. Yeah, they all had that time. They all yeah. had their time. Miles Davis, was always, was Miles Davis was always Mr. Businessman. You but know, he, he had he, to lock himself inside of a closet. He did. But exactly. Exactly. But after that, he was just like, you know. But you got to also, Miles Davis, though, his interpretation of hard drugs <laughs> varied. He's like, ah, it's just coke. Right, it's just exactly. <laughs> you know? He never got into the heroin thing. Like, <laughs> that's, that really was the downfall of, of, of all not, of those guys. The, well, I can't even really say the downfall of Coltrane. Like life's life's experiences, mm-hmm. right? Yes. You know, they they are what they are, right? And you've heard that before. You say, yes. well, I can't regret my actions in the past because I, you know, they wouldn't have made me who I am today, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But you take that in the art, and it takes on a completely different meaning. Right. Right. Because you're talking about how it affects the work. Yes. And and it affects not, not like for better or for worse. You know, we were just recently talking about, um, I don't know if you're in a blind melon or not. Oh, yeah. Right. Shannon Hoon, he just 25 years ago mm-hmm. passed away and they left behind three albums. They really left behind two. Nico with the third album was just recordings that were made while he was alive. He wasn't alive when Nico got released. Right, like that got released just after he passed away. They named it Nico because they named it after the child that he left behind. Um, but we always say, like, "Man, what could have been?" You say that about Kurt Cobain too. Man, right. what could have been? But then you really think about it, and like you know, maybe that's all it was. That's all it supposed was supposed to be. Yeah, you know, maybe 100%. maybe that's what the world was supposed to be left with. Maybe that was the story. Yeah, you know. So yeah. if you look at you know. You know, jazz is like you look at Billie Holiday, yeah. Which that's a, I don't think most of the world knows that was a tough, tough life. Yes, it like was. from this the things that she went through in her childhood, like and I'm not going to get into it because it's bad. But if you're interested, look up Billie Holiday's life and understand what she had to go through as a child, yeah. and then the men she ran into. And then the drugs she got into, and the bad business people that tried to take advantage of her. Yeah, she didn't stand a chance. But she created one of the most wonderful packages of music that this world has ever heard. Mm-hmm. And was that what it was supposed to be? You know what I mean? Did it, that was that yeah. her sacrifice? Sadly, I have to say it like that. But was that her sacrifice for with, art? Without without any of that stuff that she went to, there would not have been what she brought to the table. Right. Yeah. So yeah, you know, it's, it's sad. Yeah, I mean, it's it's the truth though. You know, you look at it like that. You know, you you realize that. That it's it's the experiences that make the the tone, you know, like the the yeah, I mean, yeah, the tone, the tone. Because it's all about the tone. Yeah, she she if she didn't go through any even of that in stuff, visual art, art's all consistent. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's it's all relative. You know, you're right. The same tone. That's a good word. Yeah, yeah. So, 
I man, thank you for bringing this conversation up. I can sit here and talk about jazz until the freaking sun. I've been dying to have this conversation <laughs> with you. You can ask Brian, right? So Brian, like Brian, sits right next to me, my, uh-huh. you know, the designer we have here, and he's really an audiophile. Really knows a lot about music. He really does. I mean, that's half the reason I hired him, just so I can have <laughs> someone next to me all day because that's really like my other passion is music. Yes. Fishing, music, painting fish, you know what I mean? Listen to music, playing music. I mean, mm-hmm. that's what it's all about for me. Like, yeah. it, you know, I love sports and everything like that. We talk about sports a lot on the show, and I'm a huge Dolphins fan. And, like, you know, I'm all about the Tua thing right now. I mean, <laughs> yeah, but yeah. really, for me, it's like music is where it's at, right? Yes. It's like, and I love all forms of music, everything from jazz to country to you name it. Yeah. Miles Davis himself even said it doesn't matter the genre. If it's good, it's good. It's true. You want, you want to hear something crazy? Of course. I, I never was really a big Miles Davis fan. You weren't? No. Like, I appreciated what he brought to the table. Still you know? to this day? Still to this day. You know what I mean? I, I, you know what I mean? Like, I, I love everything all the way up to, uh, um, what's that CD Bitches that you have, Blue and Green? No. Um, oh. Mine, no. Green Dolphin Street? No, no. It, it, I'm, I'm trying to remember the name of the CD. Um, kind of Blue. Kind of Blue, yeah. 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 I, I love everything up to that point. Okay. All right, and then then when he started getting a little bit more liberal, you know what I mean? When like the bitches for cool, stuff. Yeah, cool jazz and stuff like right. that. I it kind of you know it, I I, I didn't like it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like once I got older, I I appreciated his place in jazz. You know what I mean? Um, yo, like that stuff that he did with um, the the what was the sketches of, of Spain? Mm-hmm. That stuff was amazing. Mm-hmm. But it just wasn't my cup of tea. You know, I was always a straight ahead jazz guy. Yeah. No, I can see that. I can see that. You know, I like I like Bitches Brew, um, but I can definitely see that in acquired taste, mm-hmm. right? But there's other stuff surrounding that album that I don't care for either, really. I mean, he went like in this extremely experimental path, yeah. like in the '70s and even into the '80s, to be honest with you. Right. That just didn't take. Yeah. And Coltrane experienced the same I kind of the thing. Same. Coltrane did yeah. the same exact after, thing. After A Love Supreme, yeah. which to me was the greatest set of all time. Yeah, it was. Um, it was awesome. It, where do you go from there? I mean, he you basically locked himself. He, <laughs> he told his wife, I'm locking myself in the guest house. Don't come to me till I come out. You're not talking to me. Just bring me food. That's yeah. it. That's what he did. And he wrote the entire thing. And he came out with a masterpiece masterpiece man and yeah. even the alternate takes are masterpieces yeah <laughs> you know? and, and exactly and he claims that love supreme basically is just like a conversation with god it is is what it is and that's why they call it love supreme right yeah. and so to him that was the epitome of everything right yeah. so he tried to portray that into a jazz piece and i know i don't need to tell you that but i'm no, no, basically yeah, telling the audience that right yeah um but that's what art needs is that kind of dedication and that kind of passion to make meaningful. You need to sacrifice your life for art. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, we work on a lot of things here at the studio, right? We work on things that are daily things. You know, we handle customer requests and you know custom orders and things like that. And every now and then we'll get these spots of passion that, you know, we have to really sacrifice everything that's going on in our world at the time to make happen. And it's not easy. And I still look ahead at what we're faced with coming up. And I know what we got coming up. Mm-hmm. A lot of the big projects that are facing us. And it's not easy to always handle if you're not going to sacrifice other things in your life. Right? And 
I will never sacrifice the happiness of my family. That's my one rule, mm-hmm. right? I'm never going to neglect my family for my art, right? For better or for worse, my art may sacrifice. My, my art may suffer for that eventually, right? But I'm not going to do it. That's one pact I made with my family that I'm not going to do that, right? Because you hear things historically with art to where people do sacrifice that and are they left with heartache? Are they left with, you know, regret and all this stuff? And I don't want to, I don't want to feel that way in my life. Right. Right? I mean, I don't want to make my family feel that way. Right, right. That's the one thing. But I'm going to push that limit <laughs> as yeah. much as I possibly can because it needs to be pushed. Yeah. Right. Um, John, you're probably experiencing this now in a lot of the projects that you're working on where like you can feel that like underlying, yeah. you know what I mean? In your projects where it's like you want perfection every mm-hmm. time you want to push that envelope as much as you can every yep. single time. And it needs to happen yeah. for it to mean anything. You know 100%. what I mean? And the same thing with the jazz, same thing with love Supreme. You, you, you like, he did that. He pushed that as far as he can. But once you get to that peak and once you get to that point, it's very tough to take another path and like keep it going. It is. I mean, can you imagine the emotional exhaustion he had to feel after he finished that? Yeah. You know? He had to go to Japan. Yeah. And take time off. Yeah. I mean, he's he, a center. Yeah. He toured know? in Japan. He went, he went and looked at the A-bomb landing in the areas and stuff like that. And then when he got back, he was never the same. Yeah. He, he had fully accepted God into his life. He had fully recovered from heroin. He was done. And then, you know, he tried to play fast. And, you know, thinking Monterey, like mm-hmm. people like walked off of his performance because it was just too chaotic, chaotic and out yeah. there and you know, whatever. And that that's fine. Yeah. You know what I mean? But that's just how it closed it out. Man, if I can ever jump in a time capsule, I would love to be able to go back to those Newport Jazz Festivals, yeah. the Playboy Jazz Festivals, you know, yeah. all that stuff with these guys from in the 60s and early 70s. Just the music aspect of it, you know what I mean? Just be able to listen to all the creative juices going around. Yeah. It's just it's stuff that we'll never really get a chance to see again. No, I mean, you won't. And, and you try to, you always try to capture lightning in a bottle mm-hmm. by looking for it now. It's so hard. Because you know, in retrospect, it's like you always can say, like hindsight, like Monday morning quarterbacking and all that scenarios and like, you know, right. hindsight's twenty twenty, and But it's so tough to catch the important stuff now yeah, and really understand. So that's why when you do find yourself in that moment, you just got to revel in it. Amen to that, brother. You, you, you really do because you don't know because you might be in that time capsule yeah, you know, and not realize it. You know, that's what they say. Like uh, I think one writer, very important writer um, for some art magazine once said that about Jean-Michel Basquiat as a painter and like you know is this real is this just like a ploy because his art was so different than everything that was going on at the time and when the art world accepted it and they likened it to van gogh and when you say okay at the time no one knew what van gogh really was and now you look at him as one of the most important artists of all time right so they looked at john Shelvaskian and all his crazy work. We're like, are we looking at Van Gogh's ear right now, and not knowing it? You know, and it turns out, yes, you are. Yeah, because he was the most important artist, I think, of the '80s. Him and Warhol, right? Like bottom line, right, right. But it's interesting. It is, man. <laughs> this is an awesome conversation. I love yeah. this. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, I mean, you look at jazz. You, I mean. How cool would it be to go back to Harlem and be like, go back to one of those clubs and see Monk play a set? Oh, man, yeah. You know what I mean? I don't even think people back then even knew how important that was. It was just good. 
and they knew it was good, but did they know how important it was? They didn't. To them, it was another night on the town. Another night on the town. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess the overlying tone is that, you know, you just, it's never just another night on the town. You know what I mean? You never know. You might be just. I like you know. that. <laughs> it's never just another night on the town. <laughs> Make a magic happen, Ben. <laughs> I like it. I think it's the uh, Papa's Pilar. It's the rum. <laughs> it's the rum. Then back to question one, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. Man, thanks for coming on the show today. No, man, thanks for having me. Yeah. yeah. Did you have a good time? Yeah, definitely. I did. Yeah. Talk about jazz with you forever. <laughs> yes, sir. But that's good stuff, man. So, all right. We're going to wrap it up here. Dust them off. Fish the tournament. Please right. do. And uh, December 2nd through 5th, mm-hmm. not too late. Get those numbers up and um, support the Mahogany Youth Foundation. Mm-hmm. Right? So Made a difference in Ben's life, and it's making a difference currently. Right? Yeah. Right now. Currently. Right? You're talking about it, right? Yeah. You're talking about living in that moment and saying, what's the moment now? It's, it's right. With these kids, it matters to them. It does. Those moments are just as big for them. Yeah. As anybody else. You can sit there and minimize situations, but you never know how big it is for somebody. Right. Exactly. So Exactly. And you know what? That's yeah, it's a good point because I want to even add on to that too. So, you know, when you're addressing youth, you know, you don't know how they're looking at you mm-hmm. at the time. And we're try we try to be mindful of that at the studio as an artist and as, you know, you know, a member of the community team and everything like that. Whenever you're talking to a kid or a teenager, you don't understand how impressionable you are. So be mindful of that, yeah. You know, because it makes a difference. I mean, one one kind word or one kind phrase or one cool thing you do for them, they could take that with them for the rest of their lives. Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember when we were on. A, I was twelve years old, and um, we happened to find ourselves on a cruise ship, right? Because my parents won this cruise, right, through a raffle, and then the cruise was a debacle. So they got like a free cruise. Again, <laughs> after that, like after that. So they're like, oh, let's bring the boys next time. So they paid for us to come with them. Happened to be the same week as the Miami Dolphins cruise with the Dolphins. Mm. Oh, that's cool. Mark Duper, Mark Clayton, like all those guys, Ron Davenport, all the guys, they were the coolest, man. It made it made like such an impression on me for like the rest of my life that they were like that. And, that, you know, so your actions matter. Adults, your actions matter to these kids, man. And because I'm talking about it till to this day for the rest of my life, you know what I yeah. mean? Mar- um, you know, uh, you know, Dellenbach and all those guys. And I'm gonna have Dellenbach, Dellenbach's on the show. Soon I was about too. to say, yeah, they're local guys. Yeah, you know, so. Jason Robinson. Um, you know, Jason Robinson. Mm-hmm. He um, he went to school with those guys. So, oh, he did. Yeah, and when um, when um, the dad taught over at uh, I forgot the name of the private school that they all went to. Heritage. He was, yeah, he was yeah. there. Yeah, he he went to he he got taught by you know by them and everything. And oh, nice. Yeah, yeah I remember Jeff Dellenbach was one of that cruise too, and you know, and I even saw when I saw him, I told him this. I'm like, you know, you were you made a big impression when I was 12 years old, and he's like, oh, I did. And I'm like, yeah, we played <laughs> basketball on the top deck of a cruise ship once before, and I was 12, and you know, <laughs> you blocked awful. the guy for me so I could take a shot. <laughs> yeah, it was cool. So yeah, yeah, your right. actions matter. Your actions matter. Um, support the Mahogany Youth Foundation. Fishing for FMD.com, 2020 FFND Ravel, support them, right? Um, and if you're in the market for a new vehicle, mm-hmm. I suggest you own a Ram truck. I we own talked a Ram. about this. Yes. John, why is it that I'm the only one that I bring in guys on the show and it's not 
on purpose. It just happens to be. I can honestly say, got to be about 90% of the guys I bring on this show have Ram trucks. Yeah. I'm not kidding. Like, it, yeah. that, that's, that's probably very close to being a true stat. Yeah, really. But John drives a GMC, so. <laughs> I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm the only one. That, they're all talking about the Ram trucks. And he wants a TRX. Yeah, I, I wish I could that afford a TRX. But. So, there, hey. was a, there was a moment there where I had, I had a, uh, a Silverado, and, and I love the truck, mm-hmm. but nothing drives like this Ram. No. It's like a, it's, it's a Cadillac. And not, I mean, whatever they are. No, yeah. I mean, it's, it's a great, smooth truck. I have owned probably every... I'm a truck guy. I've a trucks my whole life, right? Mm-hmm. As we probably all have. I have owned, I'm thinking about it, a Chevy, a Ford, Toyota, right? What a GMC. Like, yeah. This Ram that I have is the best truck I've like hands down. Best yeah. truck I've ever had in my entire life. Do you have the knob shifter yep. in yours? Yep. Man, I one time took a little I, get used to it. Yeah. <laughs> took a little get, but now I'm like, now I'm in a now when I'm not in a car and I don't have that, You're I'm like, what, what? <laughs> turning up the volume of the radio. <laughs> yeah, man. We have 1500, 1500? 1500. Yeah. Yeah. So this the Rebel Suite. So if you're in a mark for a new vehicle, go see Joey Cardi Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram. Uh, we're going to put their confirmatory information up on the screen. Uh, for those of you listening, um, just head over to, uh, what is it, ja slash ag.com on Joey Cardi. Yeah, um, I'll and, put and, it up. Uh, they probably got some good uh, holiday deals coming up, too, yep, so go check them de- out. Yep, holiday deals coming up. So, um, And also, I want to um, give a shout-out um, to, like we always do at Papa's Raw Bar, mm-hmm. and uh, Troy and Cassie got their op- operation dialed in. Um, and of course, there is the connected by water sushi menu at Papa's Raw Bar. And you don't like fish. I don't eat That's fish. Right. But, but if you do like more fish, for you guys, more for us. Right? So Ben won't be there. Want me um, some chicken fingers? Yeah. So adding um, onto the um, connected by water, we have a new addition to the connected by water sushi roll, um, or to the sushi menu this week, uh, which is the bombshell roll. So our good friend of the studio, Michelle Bombshell Dalton. Um, is introducing her role uh, this week, getting added to the um, Connected by Water nice. sushi menu. So we're pretty proud of that one. And um, always, um, you know, if you're uh, if you want to hang out at the end of the day and relax, I mean, you can do so just like Ben and I did, and speak, talk some jazz and talk some fishing with a uh, nice bottle of Papa's Pilar rum there. So never a spectator, as we always say. So anything else you want to add? Um, yeah, just. Please support local tackle shops, support local uh, companies, you know, just, uh, you know, I think this fishing community, you can support everybody local without having to go, you know, kind of like, you I know, couldn't agree more. You know. Couldn't agree more. You yeah. know, speaking of that, we, we got to give a shout out to our boy, uh, Mike Lipsky there. Oh uh, yeah. Congratulations yeah, on Real the good open. tackle. Yep. So we promoted him on last episode. We'll promote him again. Promote him on every episode. He's a friend. Yes. Um, so Mike Lipsky moved to Pompano. He's now as a 201. 201. Right, South Federal Highway, mm-hmm. um, just uh, two blocks south of Atlantic on Federal Highway in Pompano Beach, Florida. Um, if you, especially if you're in the market for um, no live bait, low, no live bait needed. It's the rum. It's the yeah, rum. It's the rum. <laughs> no live bait needed. Exclusive Snook dealer. and tarpon candy. Yeah. Um, he's the exclusive dealer um, for the hottest hottest swim bait there is yep. uh, in the world. And, they kill um, him. Yep, absolutely. John can attest for it because he's a snook killer. 
right? I try. Yeah. When I get time. Yeah. Talking out exactly. Today. Exactly. <laughs> Talking out today's a good day to go find a spillway. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. And then um, he's also the Mike's the slow jig, uh, the slow pitch jig master. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Shop he's got too, a, so. he's got right. a huge yeah, he, assortment of all that stuff. Yeah, so he's absolutely an authority on that as well. So um, he's all set up with the Daiwas and and the uh, and the uh, accurates and or, I mean the Avits and all that stuff. So cool. So all right, cool. We're gonna close it out. Awesome, awesome. Thanks for having me again, brother. Happy Veterans Day. Yes, happy Veterans Day, everybody. To Ben Sharp and all those who served in our military forces, we thank you for your service. All right, your ego is not your amigo. Always do your best and just let God do the rest. Right, and don't ever forget that no matter where we are, no matter what we're doing, make sure you're living a life that's connected by water. Thanks, Ben. Thank you.